Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Checking elsewhere around North Dakota, we're definitely moving into fall which means lots of activities such as area sports, harvest, and hunting. Yes, archery deer season as well as dove season is now open, and next week hunters can turn their attention to grouse and partridge. That means fishing tends to take a back seat across the state. But fear not, anglers are still on Devil's Lake, albeit fewer of them, and they're still catching a lot of small walleye. An increasing number of anglers are switching to vertical jigging, working along rock piles in the towers. Still, some continue working spinners and bottom bouncers, with improving success on minnows. But you'll still want to try night crawlers. Reports are pretty scant across many other lakes, but turning to the west, the Missouri River Tail Race is fair for walleye at night from the rocks casting crankbaits. There's okay boat success for small walleye in the spillway channel, which it's been like that pretty much most of the summer, with some catfish now showing up in the chutes. Look for the wing walls to continue producing some catfish as well. Over on Lake Sakakwea, try working main lake points or sunken humps on the east end in about 25 to 40 feet with plain lindy rigs and bottom bouncers for walleye. Work around Mallard Island, going to the west to Pick City, and Hazen Bay along the south shore, or you might want to try Berthold Bay on the north side. Also try jigging wraps. When it comes to salmon, work 75 to 100 feet over deep water, with overall fair success at best yet on the east end of the lake. Try the face of the dam or along the Riverdale Bluffs to the east. Over on Lake Audubon, anglers are working about 25 to 30 feet with spinners and bottom bouncers and night crawlers for walleye. And there's an ongoing smallmouth bass bite in about 2 to 12 feet using swim or topwater baits. With hunting season underway and the usual warm fall weather, please remember to keep you and your dog well hydrated. But that means also keeping dogs out of any potential blue-green algae wetlands and lakes. Let them rest and don't let them get overheated. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Here is a podcast extra. You know, Kyle, we got a special treat on this segment. Uh, This is a a lady that we haven't had on for a couple of years, and uh, we actually have a really good reason to have her on right now, but anytime we can have her on is a good reason. This is Brenda Perlowski. She's the executive director of the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame and Museum. And if you have ever fished in Minnesota, trust me, this is a place that you want to go. And it is so easy, so easy to get to. It's basically right smack dab in the central part of the state. Most of us have probably driven by there. Uh, I know I've been there on a handful of occasions, as have you, Kyle. Mm -hmm. 
and it is a treat to go through there and see all the neat things that are in there and see the history of Minnesota. If you're if you're a fishing buff like we are, it is a place that you have to go. How you doing, Brenda? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Got to hit the get. Got to hit the brake lights and tap them and come on in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Tell us about exactly what is a Minnesota Fishing Museum for people that have never heard of it. You know what it is filled with some of the most awesome things you could possibly see. You know, first of all, when you walk in the door, you're gonna up. You know, you're gonna see the official gift shop, of course, and then you're gonna walk in and get a catch of the front counter, which is actually a 1946 Larson boat, and then you're gonna come in and we. Uh, uh, you know, we give you a nice little, you know, introduction, which includes kind of give you a little overcap of what's going on in the museum. We've got over 108 motors on display. We've got replicas of, you know, the Minnesota State Record fish. We've got a 270-gallon aquarium. You know, we've got Gary Roach's original uh, guide boat that's on display. We restored it back to its original glory. You know, Gary was one of the first people to put a live well in his boat, which is pretty cool. Does that boat still um, smell like fish slime? No. Well, you said you brought it back to original, so. <laughs> no, we, we took the fish slime out of it, you know. <laughs> Gary comes in and stands by it pretty often. He loves being by it. I bet he does. Um, we do have, uh, you know, the 1949 Larson boat, uh, memory boat fire. Uh, the memory boat that came in after the, the fire. And so it's kind of neat. Actually, next weekend on Friday or Saturday, I have a lady and a young, actually a couple that's bringing in a boat that is actually was made before the fire. So that's going to be kind of neat. Not sure if I'm going to be able to get it on the floor this year. Going to talk to a boat actually using it as maybe a parade boat. That would be kind of something neat that's going to be something to look forward to. Um, We do have Al's Frozen Pond, which features, you know, a winter diorama. Complete with a dark house with a northern that's coming in with a ready to be speared, and we get a little decoy in there, which leads us into you know we've got over probably three thousand decoys in the museum. We've got about a third of them out on display. You know we do have a decoy show every spring, and we have a decoy contest, and so we have the junior and uh, senior decoy uh, winners on display. That's pretty cool. And then of course we have the case that uh, started it all with uh, the 1912 Surferino. You know, that Al took to the original, uh, one of the first uh, sports shows and had the appraiser take a look at it. That's up front. But, you know, and then we've got the uh, the cases that uh, Jeff Arnold started uh, having in the, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame. And those are all in there with all the great fish, including the, the walleye rock pile. But there are so many lures and reels and rods and everything in there. You really have to come in and just take a look at it for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking about, putting another boat in there in in the back of my mind i'm thinking there's no way there is no way it. you are gonna you fit a boat in another boat in there because this place I is have, packed no it's not packed you know <laughs> i i'm creative and you know since the last time you were there i did put another boat in there i put a 1955 crestliner <laughs> uh boat in there and you, you know we all tell fish stories and i gotta tell you there's definitely a fish story with that one they told me that this 1955 Chris Liner was brand new, that the trailer was brand new. Well, I'm telling you, I went and picked it up somewhere on St. Cloud. And when we got there, well, the boat was not brand new. But it's a beautiful boat. And they told me the trailer was brand new. Well, we we took off in our truck. We I looked out my back, you know, I looked out the window, and the 
I'm, I'm just telling you, the wheel was wobbling really bad. And I told Randy, I said, so how does the wheel look on your trailer, you know, on your side of the trailer? He's like, well, it's wobbling pretty bad. I said, yeah, it's not a brand new trailer, but it's really a cool boat. And I love, I'm glad we have it on the floor. It's just amazing boat to have because, of course, Crestliner started out in Little Falls, too. So it's a great addition to have on the floor. Brenda, let's make sure our listeners know exactly where you're at as far as location, like when your hours are. When can folks come and visit you? You know, we're at 304 West Broadway. We're there Wednesday through Saturday from 10 to 5. In Little Falls. Um, in Little Falls. Besides being the executive director of the museum, of the Minnesota Fishing Museum, uh, you're also heavily involved in the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame, uh, which is one of the main reasons that we called. Tell us a little bit about the Hall of Fame and, and how all that got going. Well, you know, Jeff Arnold started it in, in 2000, and so every year, you know, we induct up to three to four people and up two to four, I mean, two organizations. And so this year we have four individuals that are going in. We had a tie this year. So we have Tom Carlson, Russ Francisco, Hank Ebert, and Jeff Sundin. And then for the organizations, we have FM, uh, Walleyes Unlimited, and then Reed Family Outdoor um, Outfitters going in. And so it's going to be happening this, this year on September 22nd. It's up at, jeez, um, um, I just had a, a moment. <laughs> we have stuff at Rice Creek uh, Hunting Rec and uh, Event Center here at the at stuff at the game farm. It's going to be a fantastic night. It's just kind of one of those things that I think everybody should come and see. It's, you know, the legends are all getting together. Um, you know, we always have somebody that introduces each person or organization. They get to tell a little bit about them, how they got to be where, you know, why they're being inducted. And then we bring up the individual or the organization and they actually tell, you know, their version about, you know, Hey, what it took them, you know, all the, the blood, sweat and tears, as you might say, as to what their version of how they got to be where they're at. You know, um, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into being, you know, inducted into the hall of fame. We're very serious about, you know, the, the people in the industry that, that are being inducted into the hall. You know, there's a lot, it takes a lot of work. And I like to think that the people that we're inducting, they are definitely some of the most top quality guys around here and women. You had mentioned that FM Walleyes is being inducted this year. And as representatives of FM Walleyes, uh, both Kyle and I are super, super excited um, that FM Walleyes is getting that recognition of the 40, 40 some years, 45 years, I believe it is going on 46 of, of all the work that they have done in the region. Um, and we will be there at that event and we can't wait. Anybody that, like I said, anybody that uh, is big into Minnesota fishing, this is a really a great opportunity because you can go to the Minnesota Fishing Museum and visit that. And then you can also go to the banquet for the inductees for the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame for this year. Um, and if you want, if you're really into Minnesota fishing, you can even sponsor the event. I believe you're doing some of that too. We certainly are. And, you know, that's really how this event gets put on. We're a nonprofit organization. You know, Minnesota's in our name. We're not actually supported at all by the state. And so we basically survive off of admissions 
donations, membership, and uh, doing fundraisers and, you know, stuff like that. that that's, that's how we make it. And so we really do need the sponsors in order to help put this thing on, yep. you know. Brenda, we really appreciate you coming on Gone Outdoors. Hopefully we can uh, spur some interest, get a few more people there. Uh, definitely get a few more people to the Minnesota Fishing Museum. And thank you for yep. all you do for the history of Minnesota fishing. We appreciate it. Certainly love to have everybody come in. We'd, we'd definitely love to show them everybody, uh, you know, that what's there. And, you know, have the kids come in and do a good scavenger hunt. It's a lot of fun. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available. Boy. Ben, the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.